Thank you for joining us for another night of Dungeons and Dragons. I am, as always, your host and Dungeon Master, Kenny. It has been a little while since we've been able to meet up with the Coalition campaign, but tonight will be, like all others, fantastic, with High Seas Adventures being the theme for the most recent leg of the adventure. Uh, for those of you who uh, have been a while since you've heard the last episode, if you've been catching it as it's been coming out, if you remember, we last left off with our party had just encountered some underwater pirates, uh, a, a nice proper crew of uh, like 50 of them or so, and they all fought on the back of like a battleship-sized crab. It was pretty cool. Uh, but you all were victorious, made it back onto the ship, and have made the decision to... Uh, head back north to uh, talk to your Triton ally that you had made in your stay in northern Yalzar Majora. And, uh, oh, actually, since then you had also sp spoken rather in length with the captain uh, about what you aim to do with that. And uh, does anyone remember the outcome of that? What you all plan to do precisely? Uh, if I recall, my character was still mostly unconscious the rest of the night. Alright. Well, I believe you guys said that you were going to go make contact with them to see about reversing the curse on the ship and the crew. Yeah, it does sound familiar, though. Alright, so, you all, uh, we'll just continue from our last known point where you guys had, uh, gone to rest, long rest for the night after talking with the captain about your plans. Uh, I believe he guesstimated it would be a day and a half, maybe two days travel to get to that area. And since you guys just had yourself a nice proper random encounter on the high seas, let's just say that the next day and a half to two days of travel is completely uh, uh, crab-free. Oh, side note. Uh, I believe it's about now that you finish some of your, most of your modifications to the carriage, Boomer. Uh, was, what was, what were you modifying exactly? I'm sure he's frustrated. Oh, shit. So, Boomer has completed most of the uh, modifications to the carriage by now, but you guys have, but he's still finishing things up and you guys are there. And the captain has made it very aware to you all that, uh, this should be the area that that, uh, tribe or empire of, uh, merfolk live. So you should definitely cast your message off at uh, around here. Um, I forget, did I need to roll anything, or did I already roll something to craft this item? No, it wasn't like a craft check or anything. You just It's basically a leather pouch with like a little bit of coinage and a note in it. Okay. Um, then L casts his line off the back of the ship. Okay. Uh, and they, they uh, drop anchor. Okay. So... They're, it's just a waiting game, really. Uh, does anyone have anything that they want to do in the short term? Well, I'm going to do Old Reliable and pray. Okay. Well, not much time passes. I mean, merely an hour or so. 
before a uh, uh, a merfolk emerges from the a few merfolk rather emerge from the surface of the water. Their skin hue is very similar to the the that of which the woman had. Yeah, and one of them just looks up at you, who's I assume leaning over the edge of the boat, and holds yeah. your message pr- uh, pouch, and uh, says, "Do you speak Aquarian? Do I speak Aquarian? Or no. uh, Aquian, or whatever it is? No." Yeah. Uh, and then seeing he says something in a language you don't understand, uh, and then sort of looks over and shrugs, and and then uh, one of the other one speaks in Elvish and says, "Do you speak the wood tongue?" Ah, oh, of course I do. Uh, Sorry, excuse me. Actually, El is probably been drinking the entire hour that he was waiting. So yeah, <laughs> you bet I do. Right. Uh, <laughs> The merfolk who spoke to you in Elvish continues in Elvish and takes the uh, pouch from the other merfolk and says, Get permission from your captain or from yourself, should you be it. You see, you can pick up as Elvish is, is not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we request permission to step aboard. Ah, hold just a moment. And L makes a flourish and steps away from the uh, railing to go find what's his bones. What's his bones? Uh, yeah, the captain's <laughs> in his quarters, so. Um, yeah. All right, so uh, we have our, our artificer back with us. He's already been caught up on what he missed. So what I was saying to you before we lost you there for a minute was... Uh, you had completed most of the modifications to your to your uh, wag uh, oh, carriage. Oh, nice! Hell yeah! So you're just finishing up like the last day or two of work when uh, you sort of hear a commotion up deck. Um, as you can hear, uh, L's voice sort of yelling over overboard. All right, well, uh, I'll finish what I was doing and make my way up. Okay. So you see him stumble uh, slightly drunkenly over to the captain's chamber uh, and request something from the captain who uh, beckons all of you to walk over who are on deck, which I believe is probably just all four of you. So so you guys join the captain uh, who is inside his chambers but has you all stopped at his door. And he sort of points a very accusatory finger and then rests it and says, I will permit you all to let these tritons upon my deck. By the way, listeners, if I had been saying merfolk all day, I, I meant tritons. These are tritons. Uh, nobody, nobody confused that. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, so he says, I will let you have these tritons upon my ship, but none of my do, do not blight me or any of my living crew with their visage. Uh, and with that, he sort of like was pointing and like crushes something in his hand like that, like just the gesture, and the door swings shut. Hmm. Well then, Garen says, kind of breaking the silence awkwardly. Okay. Also, he's wearing his full plate now. I feel like I should mention that. Well, all 
also, I have my gun with me. <laughs> After being stabbed by like a dozen pirates, he actually hasn't taken his full plate off. Well, I am Good. Good. I, I, I appreciate your, your caution, but it seems like pirates are less dangerous than being thrown overboard wearing full plate of armor, full suit of plate armor. I kind of float, he says, wiggling the hand that has a ring on it. That you can't That's... that you can't see because you're wearing large, embery leather gloves. Yeah, he realizes that as he's doing it. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got that ring that I gave him, where he won't drown. Now the other guy, the dwarf slate, he'll probably drown. I didn't, I couldn't make I couldn't make two rings. That's not true. Oh well, good. I'm glad you can swim. Maybe. Uh, did awesome. you not see me apply the potion of buoyancy to myself and offer uh, it to the rest of you? Nah, I didn't see that. I was Thank not paying attention. Thank God you're pretty boomer. Damn right I am. Anyways, let's talk to these Triton people. Get this over with. Let's. All right, so I you mean, all head back over to the port, the the the, the bow where El had been hollering down to the water surface. Uh, and now there are about four or five Tritons that uh, are there, and the one in who had spoke Elvish before continues in his broken Elvish and says, What is the word? Uh, you are all most welcome aboard. Uh, though the other crew members are indisposed. You'll just be speaking with us. The, the one Triton sort of just shrugs his shoulders in the five of them begin to climb climb up the side of the ship with incredible ease. Well, that's comforting, Garen says, looking at whoever's next to him. All right, I thought so... they were slippery, not sticky. Got them sticky hands. Just climb up on. Ah, they're using tools. Slithering on in. Spiderfish. Spiderfish. Anyway, so uh, maybe a minute or so passes, and but then the, fi- the final Triton climbs over the rail, and the group of them are standing before you. Uh, there is one of them that is notably more well-dressed than the others. The, the, it looks like it's a uh, envoy of some sort a- accompanied by four muscle. Uh, it, and it was one of the muscle that had spoke an elven to you. But... Uh, the sort of much more well-dressed of the five steps forward and sort of bows bows lightly towards the party and says, I am one of the many servants of the House of Wes. I believe you are... A, I believe we have been expecting you all... He's speaking in common, by the way. I should have said that. Uh, very, very, like, uh, practiced common. Not not common you'd hear a regular person speak. Like it's maybe it's because he serves royalty, obviously, or something, but he he's very uh on airs about speaking correctly and announcing every syllable. He's very dedicated to sounding correctly. <laughs> so, uh he continues. I believe, as I said, my ex-attendance here was preordained. 
Is it that you come to claim what was promised to you by my good lady? Or is it that you request something new? Something new, perhaps, out of character. What was promised by their fair lady? Well, I believe... Yeah, it was a favor, although it was pretty unspecific. Oh, 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 okay, gotcha. It was an implication. Yeah. Um, well, in that case, uh, well, back in character, uh, well, we would like your counsel, or perhaps hers. You see, um, what we want may fall in the purview of the favor that we are owed, but, uh, we would need some assessment of the task. The, uh, invoice sort of nods and sort of gently bows again and, and turns over to the muscle and in Aquian does anyone does anyone in the party speak Aquian or understand all languages nope nope okay uh I pull out a bottle out of my sack uh-huh the, the potion of talking good that Tordok gave us <laughs> oh man Tordok I forgot about him yeah okay uh, I'm going to drink it. Okay. Uh, Not only do you feel like you could speak better, not only can you also understand these tritons in their native tongue, but also you hear your own thoughts without your twang. Oh, man. You talk crazy. You talk so gooder that even your thoughts talk gooder. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Tordok was not pulling your leg. You have quite the potion on your hands. But, uh, so you do understand the Tritons, and the envoy basically says, Very well, it seems like these dry scales need to come to the lady's hand and hear her directly. Mictos, do you have what it is that I, that we will need to get them down there? And the one muscle sort of nods, clearly is Mictos, uh, steps forward and produces a small leather bundle, uh, or like, maybe it's leather, maybe it's, I don't know, coral or whatever. Never mind. It's a small bundle uh, of, let's say it's like wrapped like Lambus bread, so it's actually like something inside of like uh, foliage wrapped up. Uh, hands it to the envoy, who then turns to you all and speaking back, to, switching back to Common says, "Please take from this roll this bundle. There will be enough small doughy balls of food." Each of them is imbued with a power that will bestow you the ability to breathe underwater until you next fall asleep. It is a blessing from the goddess of the sea herself. Uh, oh, question. Yep. How long does this, or how long is it to get to the palace? Oh, so you're, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. I forgot that you're a super direct. Uh, because <laughs> it sounded like an out-of-character question. Um... The the Triton turns to Slate and goes, Oh, no measurable measurable amount of time, especially on the way down. Go, coming back up might take you all a little longer. I'm sure your legs are not accustomed to swim such as our own. But getting down, I'm sure, would be quite fast, even for the shorter of you. So, forgive me, I'm a little paranoid. Just checking, you said this lasts till we wake up in the morning. I want to know... If we spend uh, a reasonable amount of time in the palace, are we going to have enough time to make it back up? 
if you make it to the palace, which you will, under my care, there will be no cause for your concern of drowning. Fair enough. Uh, Garen kind of sighs softly and shrugs and says, well, guys, I... Oh, I'm scared shitless. Okay. <laughs> Do not be scared shitless, good friend. We will take this drink and we will drink it down. <laughs> Wait, what the hell happened to my voice? What is this? Oh, I sound like my asshole brother. Oh, no. Like you speak proper. Don't taunt me, sir. Oh, I'm dying. I'm fucking dying. <laughs> I don't like this one bit. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is majestic. Yes, please, sorry. Uh, can I roll a religion check? Sure. I want to know if Boomer is possessed. Okay. Because I don't think I saw him drink the potion. Okay. Uh, that is a non... Or is a 21? 21. Uh, no. If he was possessed, you know the signs. They're not there. Alright, Slate's, uh, very suspiciously, like, mug mean-mugging Boomer right now. What's the problem, good friend? I mean, my voice has changed just a little. No need to get upset. Although I don't like it one bit. <sighs> Bo- Boomer. Say la vie. Yes, of course it's me, chap. Uh, I, uh, I need to pray. Garrett's gonna look to Boomer and then look to the fish boy and uh, say, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna take it and go underwater just so I don't have to hear that anymore. <laughs> it's, it's uncomforting. I'm quite offended, good sir. Quite offended. I'm quite confused. Um, so you open the bundle and inside is like six or seven little doughy balls of... It smells almost like raw fish... Uh, with a little bit of seasoning to it. I mean, pleasant, but it's got that proper fish kick to it. Mm. And they're completely edible. I mean, you probably wouldn't sit there and eat a bunch of these, but, like, you're like, oh, this is going to be, like, gross magic medicine. You, like, pinch your nose, maybe, and you go for it. You're like, this ain't half bad. Again, you know, wouldn't fill your stomach on it, but... All right. Uh, And so, yeah, you guys... uh, I assume all of you ingest one of these little, like, food balls or whatever? Yeah. Yes, please. I'm going to eat one one bite. Yep. Bottoms up, lads. Bottoms up. Oh, my God. I'm going to hit him. (laughs) Uh, All right. So you guys all uh, have one of these, and then uh, the the envoy takes the rest of the bundle back and, and hands it back to the other muscle character and says... Very well, then, if you all would follow us, we will protect you on your voyage down. Follow my lead, and trust that the the four men with me will protect you. Before we go, good sir, uh, I must put my gun somewhere. I do not want it to get incredibly wet along with the ammunition. Uh, I don't know if it will survive the journey. Didn't think about that. (laughs) Stewie Griffin. Um, I guess I'm gonna have to leave it up here. 
You don't oh, have any. Do you no. got a thing? I got a thing. Go ahead. You <laughs> got a thing on your hip that holds things. Oh, I could put it in there. Yeah, I'll put. All right, then I'll put my gun in the bag of holding. Okay. Yeah. Bag of holdings are watertight, right? Yep. That's not a problem. Is there any, uh, lads, is there anything else you want to keep dry during our journey? Oh, uh, yes, actually. Well, let uh, me take it, let me accent. take it. <laughs> uh, LL puts his brand new magical loot that shouldn't be submerged in salt water into that uh, bag. Alright, and it goes. Uh, anything I, else, lads? I, li- I like that you believe that salt water would hurt a magically charged loot. L is a bard, not a wizard. I mean, you, you're you right. You're right. Like, I would, in, in L's shoes, I'd probably do the same thing. But just like, I don't know. Whatever. Go ahead. He's also bringing it in the case of emergency, so clearly he's not that worried about having to whip it out eventually. Right. Actual question, D. Uh, would someone more familiar with the leather able to tell me if the salt water is going to ruin these gloves? Well, are they magical? Uh, yeah. Well, they shoot fire. The uh, same. So, from my experience in leatherworking, I will tell you that uh, you can do kind of anything to leather outside of destroying it uh, in terms of like exposure to unpleasant circumstance like salt water exposure for example and as long mm-hmm. as you like clean it with fresh water and then like let it sit and rest uh, at a good temperature it'll probably be fine eventually um, I mean bear, not... bear in mind the main way you tan most hide is by salting the fuck out of it I was gonna say like soaking it in a brine basically yeah I was just I'm not too familiar with how magic like keeps things safe in this I'm, universe. I'm of the opinion that if something has been hardened and strengthened by magic, that uh, it's no longer, like, the durability of the substance itself. Like, okay, so if you slash a wizard in a regular robe, there's going to be a cut mark through his robe, right? Mm-hmm. But if a wizard is wearing, like, a super magical, like, archmage's robe, and you slash at him with a sword, like... You might, like, concussively cut him, or you might regularly cut him through the fabric or through the magic that makes up the, you know, protective layer that is, uh, instead of the robe, cloth. Right. But you wouldn't cut through that. That makes sense. In my mind. I I don't know if such thing is, is, is perfected anywhere, but I imagine that you're sort of reinforcing the physical object with the magic. Oh, so then my gun will be fine. I mean, theoretically, kind of a three. Theoretically, it's a magic weapon, right? Does it overcome uh, magic? Uh, does it do? I guess. Does it overcome damage resistance? Magic. Uh, like, if, not completely sure. I'm just gonna keep it in the bag of holding because yeah. I'm not sure, and I'll check it later. Yeah, but uh, I would say like the the call on your gun would be if something that takes half damage from non-magical weapons takes regular damage from it, then yeah, it, it's probably magical. Uh, okay, cool. 
Uh, or like if someone who cast detect magic would be like, whoa, I don't know what the fuck that thing is. That's that's like a barrel of metal strapped to a wood. But like that thing's magical, I think. Gotcha. Anyway, so, okay, so you guys are all ready? Uh, yes, I do believe so. Let's get upon our quest. All right. So uh, the the muscle stands behind you all and sort of like... You get it that they're they are your physical encouragement to jump overboard because the 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 envoy immediately just says right then see you in a moment and just leaps over the fucking railing. Uh, Garen's gonna jump over, forgetting that he's wearing a ring that keeps him from sinking. Well, I mean, uh, it 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 it's it's kind of like flight, like if you always were flying, you know. You'd, uh yes. You'd be okay. able you'd be able so to So I'll just hit concrete. Right. Yeah, it's not it doesn't make okay. water a physical sur- like a like a hard uh solid surface to you. It it just if you want to not fall into it, you don't. So if I choose to fall into it, I can. Yeah. Oh, well, cool. I thought I was going to take it off. Now, we can check the spell water walking if you want, but like as far as I'm considered like it seems stupid for it to be like prohibit you from entering liquid like that. Because then, what would happen if uh, if you were in a room and then it got filled with water? Would you just get crushed into the ceiling? Like I don't know. Right. No, that makes sense. All right. Not cool. a safe That's yeah. an oddly specific example, Dracom. What have you done in other campaigns? <laughs> Listen, Old Testament right. Kenny was a cruel and malevolent person. Like all people, I was angry in my teens. <laughs> uh, Boomer's going to do backflip into a dive into the water. Alright, give me uh, an acrobatics or athletics. Gladly. That's 19. Okay, you uh, size up and then and then just like turn to the side and just like, like almost uh, coordinated swimming over the side. Uh, yeah. uh, with a beautiful flip. Yep. And gives a little golf clap. You see one of the ghost crew hold up a 10. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Karen speaks out and says that's actually the first time he's nailed it. <laughs> he's not wrong. Not wrong. No, wait, there was that one time. All right, second time he's nailed it. Yep. All right. So, one by one, you all end up in the water. Uh, hey. Fish. All right. So, you guys gonna like take a second to get your bearings, but uh, you can see the envoy and the rest of the the tritons quickly into the water behind you, uh, and you can see that uh, each of the the muscle have like a harness on, and they like take a coil of rope from off their back and like j- like let go, and so the rope sort of like f- comes up to each of you, one of you. Uh, so basically offering you to hold on to the rope while they sort of bring you down. Um, before he grabs the rope, Garen looks at them and says, guys, if we see a sea monster, I'm, I'm, I'm going to scream. Okay. Uh, Slate grabs the rope. All right. Yeah, I'll grab a rope too. Yeah, everybody grabs a rope. Yeah. All right, so you guys uh, get taken down, basically. The, the, each of these uh, tritons are, are swimming 
and basically dragging you through the water down. The envoy on point, um, and each of the tritons that you are all attached to have uh, tritons in their hands. Very stereotypical, but it works. Uh, not much time passes. I mean, it's 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 a it's a substantial amount of time, and you guys can look around and see all kinds of vacant open water. Uh, but eventually, you hit the 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 uh, the the or rather, no, sorry. Eventually, you can see the bottom uh, quite well. It's it's not super deep. I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna try and get into like how many leagues and shit, but uh, it's not pitch black down here, so you're not in like the abyss or anything. Like you can look up and see the surface. Uh, it's obviously quite a distance away, but it you, you know you can. It's still visible, I guess I should say, in terms of light level. And uh, yeah, and uh, as you sort of begin to be able to see. The, the sea floor, uh, you can see that there is borderline a road, like several roads. Uh, and you can see other tritons, you know, going from place to place. Some of them have, like, large fish or, or uh, sea life dragging or, you know, uh, towing. It's, it's almost like it's a regular city and, and, and regular dry life, but just at the bottom of the fucking ocean. Uh, carts are being, you know, uh, storage containers are being pulled omnidirectionally, you know. Uh, and uh, so you guys kind of get to the seabed and you can see in the distance a sizable township into the side of... Uh, it's almost like, uh, oh man, what's that... Um tribe that lives in like the the of, of Native Americans that lived in like the cliffs Aztecs? Uh, Mayans? It's not the Aztecs or Mayans uh, the, I think it's a C word Yeah, it, I'm not going to pretend to know it, it's, it, Basically, the majority of this Triton uh, town is in the side of a large shelf um, You can see, basically you guys are are on the seabed here. There's this huge shelf that go, goes way up uh, and co- gets much more shallow. And on top, you can see that there's like a coral reef up there. And the majority of the town is on and around this shelf. All right. And you, and so the uh, envoy swims, o- swims over to you and says. It's not terribly ob- easy to hear for you all because you're not accustomed to it, but uh, you can hear him say, uh, "Welcome to the Empire of Wis." And so he sort of uh, welcomes you all uh, further into the town, and you can see almost every single Triton that lives in this place like sort of turns and like looks at you all, and like they're not like giving you dirty eyes or like sizing you up, but this, it's clearly uh, quite the occasion for a bunch of non, you know, water-based life forms to be in this town. So they're, they're like, all getting an eyeful of this rare sight. Mm. But, uh, soon enough, you guys are brought into a uh, building, and you can see that uh, it's 
sort of like the I'm trying to imagine how this would work because uh, I haven't really thought about how Triton villages and towns work because it's fucking weird and complicated. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, because you know, what what do you do with that kind of world building? Do you just like do, does every building just flood with water, or do you have like weird screens or magical force fields that make it dry inside? Like, what what's I don't know. You can. You can pretty easily make diving bells, but without any kind of uh, source of oxygen, it wouldn't do you any good. Right. So if they lived on the seafloor, they would almost certainly have flooded houses unless they were extraordinarily wealthy. Right. And they could somehow import oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. So probably everything is flooded except for, like, the nobility. Right? Yeah, I mean, I guess that would make sense. And then the the, no, the nobility's just like, hey, come over and check out my air. <laughs> you don't have it, sweet air. Right. <laughs> check yeah. out how everything is dry. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah. why would they want that? I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's 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 just strikes like it just struck me like as a as a DM as a world builder like it just kind of like smacked me in the side of the head like like sure the royalty would have air chambers. But, like, the only reason they would have that is so if they ever had terrestrial people in their homes, they could well, have them as patrons. It, it might also be an extravagant display of wealth. Like, a hyper-rich person would have, like, a library. Well, yeah, I mean, half the point of being rich is just using that money. Yeah, but, but unless I'm, they're... Ma- Unless they're magic books, and then they could just survive underwater. Well, I've already covered this actually in the in the Paradise campaign. Um, the uh, majority of Triton texts are actually either um, you know magically imported from the Dry World, so they're like regular books, but uh, you know are are protected in one fashion or another. Uh, but the majority of their written word is actually on, you know, thin slates of coral. Mm. There you go. Because I was like, what would they have a lot of? What would it be easy? And what would make sense? And right, right, right. Like it's it's kind of a easy thing to just point at, but coral, it's fucking everywhere. Um, yeah. Anyway, so you guys are brought into a uh, large. Uh, flooded chamber that is uh, rather nice um, and uh, you all are greeted by f- some familiar if not stoic faces uh, you guys see that you're uh, um, how would I describe it it's, it's like a hall like I, I kind of like the, the structure of this building is like a like a longhouse almost uh, akin to a, a longhouse um, but uh, lining the walls, uh, on on the long on the the long parallel walls are the stone uh, soldiers that you might recognize from the ones that were carrying the palanquin that uh, Lento Wiss was carried in. Hey, look! Uh, uh, hello! Look, it's the gentleman we talked to before, <laughs> the conversationalists. Oh, that potion is worn off. Oh. Thank God, Jesus. All right, I'm back to normal. Hey, look, it's them boys that don't talk to no one. 
Oh, thank God that was hard. <laughs> I feel better for myself now. Right. Anyway, so uh, there's a couple of uh, Triton. Uh, so the the muscle has left you all by this yeah. point. The uh, the only person that you're still with is the envoy, who turns and sort of uh, begins to continue to speak and like notices that you all are like really trying to like like listen. Like you guys are all making probably some body language to indicate that it's very difficult for you all to listen to him underwater. And he's sort of like excuses himself for a moment uh, and recognizes that, uh, of course you wouldn't be able to understand him under the water because your, your, your ears are not adapted to it. And so he, uh, performs like a gesture that makes a really audible snap, almost like you, you snapped your fingers out of water, it makes like that kind of a noise. Like you can hear it very clearly. And it almost hurts a little because again, your ears aren't used to it. And several of the stone golem warriors, uh, I guess just a pair of them, walk over to a footlocker, open it, uh, and retrieve a series of uh, cone shells. And then hand they walk up and hand each of you a cone shell, and one the one of the two of them that has the last one holds it holds the large end to their ear. Oh, okay. Slate's going to mimic that. All right. Yeah, Garen shrugs and does the same. As you do so, you feel the water that's like here, like inside of that cone, get sucked up into the cone. And then you can hear the Triton envoy speak as you do so, uh, but you can only hear it in this ear. Or mm-hmm. whatever ear you, you're holding it up to. Mm-hmm. And he goes, very good, very good. Thank you for your service. And the, the stone golem sort of walk away. Sorry, you must forgive me. I cannot remember all of the shortcomings that you all suffer through when you are on our level. So, if you all would find yourself... At ease, I will summon some servitude to come and see to your aid. But uh, please enjoy your stay as best as you can. I will uh, make sure that the good lady is aware of your presence as soon as possible. And with that, if I may be excused. Thank you so much. You are most excused. He nods and uh, quickly sees his way out of the longhouse. Uh, and almost with this, before the door can swing shut... Uh, that he walked through about half a dozen uh, Triton women and uh, a couple of Triton men that are all very, very attractive. Uh, Clearly, that is their profession. Hey, wait a second. I just saw a shape of the water. Don't (laughs) don't do this to me right now. I mean, I've never been more turned on by a fish movie since, like, Finding Nemo, so... (laughs) So, Yeah, it's fine. That was a joke. Uh, no, it's, it's fine. That's, That's you guys should see Shape of the Water. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a almost fantastic a bit of love story as as uh, Blade Runner. Right. 20, 2024. I'm just like all about it. Who could love a fish man? Twenty twenty four. Yeah, but it had the best fucking cinema love romance I've ever seen in my life. Pretty. Oh, my hair is still mending from that scene. <laughs> oh my god, right? Anyway. With the, um... Listen, we'll do a different th- podcast about movies later. Yeah, yeah, that'll, that that might happen. Uh, but uh, let's not spoil active movies. 
uh, in this D&D podcast. Um, oh, sorry, guys. No, I haven't seen Shape of the Water yet. Suck I up. mean, you didn't say anything that would spoil it. Like, if you know what yeah. that movie is and you're aware... Spoilers, there's a fish person in it, and it's a romance movie. The fact. Anyway. So, uh... They, they come in, and you can hear that they all speak in aqua... Uh, aqua <clears throat> I will never say that right the first time. Aquan. They all water talking. Yeah, well, they all speak uh, Aquan, but uh, you can't understand it. <laughs> but it all seems like complimentary. It's all very silky. It's all very nice and sounds pleasant. Uh, and you can see they sort of walk up and offer you, like, you know, of... Uh, clearly some kind of thing to drink and some food. Uh, and then they sort of like grab you by the hands and like escort you over to, uh, a bunch of things to sit on and lounge on, like almost like beanbag chairs, but like underwater and appropriate thematically. Basically you oh. are all, you are all, uh, seen to as it were. Slate's going to try and talk to one of them in Elvish. Uh, the, no, none of them seem to respond to your elvish, although the one that's hanging onto your arm and pulling you along seems to giggle. Fair enough. <clears throat> um, Garen's gonna pop. Garen's gonna what? Gonna, uh, pipe up. Okay. Uh, are we able to understand each other well enough now? Yeah, you guys, as long as you're holding the cone up to your head, you can you can understand each other just fine. He's going to speak to Alan and say, I wonder what kind of uh, wine they make down here. Uh, that's a very good question. Hopefully and whether or not we should try and get a few bottles to bring back. Do they use bottles? I imagine glasswork is practically impossible on the ocean floor. Hmm. Much intrigues me about this prospect. Well, I don't know when we're going to be in an underwater kingdom again, so we might as well find out. So, do you take what they've offered you all? Heck yeah. Uh, Sleet's going to try and, uh, like, politely try and walk out of the, the room. Like, okay. Towards the, the entryway. Boomer will drink it. I'll take it. <clears throat> Alright, so, uh, as you try to leave, you notice that... Uh, the one Triton who was normally hanging off your arm is just following you. She doesn't seem to try and stop you, but she's just following you. Okay, that's fine. Karen's going to drink a boomer. Alright, so uh, you're all each handed sort of like this like deep, uh, no-handle bowl. It almost looks like a bowl, uh, but clearly is a, a vessel to drink out of. And so they have these like uh, like I, I, a French I, press kind of thing. A what? Like a French press kind of thing? No, it's it's like sort of like one of those older vases uh, where it has like you know a, a, a spout and a handle, and it's like thin necked, but has like amphora. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, <clears throat> and they sort of lean that over your uh, cup and. Very slowly, but uh, once it starts, it starts to pour fine. A heavy, uh, g sort of like gray liquid pours into your cup and displaces the water inside. It's clearly quite heavy 
for it to do that, um, or oily, one of the two. Uh, and you all each receive a, a cup of this that wish to imbibe. Mm. Oh, well, it can't be worse than the gear crank. <laughs> Hell yeah, you're right. Let's drink it. <laughs> uh, Garen tentatively sips. Yep. Uh, it tastes... I... Good? Oh, I was about to say that Boomer's just going to drink it. Just, just full shot down. Yeah. Who cares? It's like a it's like a heavy rice wine almost. It's got a Ooh. it's got a hot taste, and uh, it's because it's obviously displacing water. Uh, it's very thick, um, and you kind of like it. Kind of like coats your mouth a little bit with its flavor, uh, but overall very pleasant, very sweet well, even. Boomer's gonna inquire to maybe get a bottle of this to mix with the gear. One of the one of the Triton servants nods and and sort of scoots off to the other side of the longhouse, uh, where there are several of these vessels uh, uh, resting on a on a on a shelf, and you can see that they plug it with uh, a, just like a like a rubber plug, and. Uh, Brings it back over and like sets it on the ground next to your chair or next to your sitting situation. Hell yeah! All right, I got plans for this later on. <laughs> yep. It's gonna be like gear crank putty. It's gonna be like pudding. You're gonna eat it and get drunk. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, Someone right. else can try that. One. Uh, so monster. I promise I won't put it in a syringe and inject it directly into your blood vein, bloodstream. This time, I, I promise. What's a syringe? Uh, it's this thing I'm working on. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's this thing I'm working on. Uh, all right. So, uh, I assume the three of you are getting drunk off of this Triton moonshine. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, why not? And then, uh, Slate, what are you doing? I am trying to leave the building. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. You leave the building. And like no, I'm not, s- all right, I'm not stopped. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I said, the Triton, uh, woman is following you rather closely, but, uh, is not, prohibiting you to leave okay um i leave the building and i'm looking around uh i guess i'll roll a perception check sure what are you looking for i am looking for buildings that would be equivalent to either a shaman's hut like a magical you know uh, building that clearly houses magical things or a hospital the equivalent of an underwater hospital i'm I'm not sure what that would look like, but I'm trying to like survey the land and be like, if I were give an me a, aquarium, give me a perception check, but use your uh, uh, does this, I just I almost said something really stupid. I was like, give me a perception check, but add your religion <laughs> modifier to it. My God will guide my sight. Well, well, it just doesn't make sense because at that point, it's just a fucking religion check, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so just make a religion check instead. All right, religion check. Yeah, because you're because you're not trying to find like a store. You're trying to find a place of worship. Yeah, uh, net twenty. Okay, so you look over. Uh, you sort of like look around, and uh, the you're you see a couple of places. You're like, I think that might be a, something of interest. That might be something of interest. But uh, the Triton woman sort of you know walks over to in front of you. And points to her eyes, and uh-huh. then like taps on your holy symbol, and then like gestures towards the city. 
points here. Uh, and then I'm going to shake my head yes. Shake your head yes. I can't speak. She says she points. You said she points to her eyes, points to my holy symbol, and show like uses her hand to survey the city. That it, to me, I interpret that as you are looking for a holy place. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm shaking my head. That's what I'm looking for. Right. So I understand that you understand me. It just it's fucking me up that you use the vernacular for sh- uh, nodding by saying shake your head yes. I get it. It just threw me off. My bad. No, you're you're fine. Uh, I I I've just never really heard someone say that they shake their head yes. Usually when they say shake their head, they're saying like shake their head no. But whatever. Stupid thing doesn't matter. Um, Not this guy. <laughs> so she sort of smiles and uh, gestures with a single finger mm. and pokes her head back into the longhouse very quickly and says something in in, uh, in Aquian, to which the other servants like perk their head up a moment from like pouring drink or serving the food to your the rest of your party and like stop and they a couple of them nod their heads and go back to serving the rest of the party and so she sort of uh, walks back over to you and extends her hand for you to, to take it done no all questions right. asked alright so she sort of just uh, standing with you um, and guides you forward and takes you down a couple of roads, a couple of intersections and uh, turns you to a rather large building you had sized up as probably a place of interest, uh, but it looks just like I mean, not architecturally like a church on the ma- on the dry land, but you're like, oh yeah, this is this is a church uh, there's... Could, you describe it? Could you describe it to me in more detail? Sure, um it's it's primarily a dome-shaped building, but there is a very notable symbol etched into the uh, the rock of the structure above the main threshold. Mm-hmm. And this sort of symbology re- recurs a- around the uh, the structure, um, whether it's on the doors or on the windows, which are like more like a. I don't want to just keep saying coral because that's so basic, but like instead of like stained glass windows, it's like they have uh, mosaics um, rather than windows uh, made out of various materials that are the same symbols all over the place. And the symbol is like, uh, like a, almost like a wreath in appearance, but uh, the wreath is made up of, all kinds of sea life where it's like part of it is like a long fish and then part of it's an eel and then part of it's like a shark almost and some of it's a serpent uh and then in the middle it is just a uh symbol of like i want to say it's like a cross that if you took it's instead of like an uptight cross it's like down like that okay so it's like turned as if you like took it and like turned the top of the cross to like four or five o'clock. Okay. And you said it's made of different seabed things? Yeah, like... like I, I know it's depicting different things that happen in the sea, but the mosaic itself is clearly not made of, you know, marble tiles. It's made out of some sort of rock that most of the buildings in the city are made of. Did you say rock? Yeah. I would like to do a history check on the mosaic of the building. Sure. Uh, 
I'm going to use stone cunning. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I would like to know if I like can recognize or interpret the mural anything past what I'm just visually seeing. Sure. Woo, stone cutting. Never get to use it. Gonna use it now. Oh man, cool. you need to go back and listen to the uh, to the Eight Spirits campaign. I gave the dwarf cleric in that party uh, like double proficiency in his stone cutting. Ooh. And he, uh, also, it was double proficiency. And also, if he got a, a high enough check, he could actually like have a vision of the history of the stone. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, and well, there was a lot of cool RP moments in that. But anyway, so what was your stone cutting check? It was a 15, and that was with the, the bonus. <laughs> sure. Um, but still plenty enough. Uh, so you can tell that uh, this was made with, like, a, it, it almost looks like the indentations to make the levels and the textures of this uh, were made by water erosion. Oh. Uh, so whatever tool they used to chisel into this stone, uh, it, it was it was like pressurized water to to etch into it. So there's a lot of really meticulous detail that was able to be accomplished that uh, a rough chisel wouldn't be able to achieve. Well, that's pretty cool. But uh, you can pick up from your your understandings of iconography and religious you know metaphor that clearly the message of this symbol is that all things that live in the water make up the ocean. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you notice that the sort of the long point of the cross points to a, uh, a part of the circle of the wreath that is um, like most of the, the overlap of creatures in that part. There is a Triton with like the swimming through them, like with one hand forward, and is like maneuvering through the mass of other entities. Okay. Okay. So it's it's probably pointing to like we are the keepers, we are the caretakers of the mm. of the other lesser beings of the water, and we must sort of like a benevolent, but kind of like a what's the word I'm looking for. I don't want to say just, yeah, yeah, let's just go with Guardians. I want to say closer to Caretakers, but the message is there. Yeah, I I, I surmise that it's a positive thing, not a negative thing. Yeah. Um, After staring in awe at this mosaic for quite some time, I'm just going to, like, shake it off a little bit and try and politely knock on what I assume is the entryway to the building. Yeah, um, the Triton woman sort of rests her hand uh, on yours from knocking on the door. Mm. And just like puts up a single finger uh, and opens the door quietly. You can see that there's uh, that whatever holy service they have in this building is actively going on. Ah, okay. Uh, and it's good. Are there? Yeah, are there? So I'm not going to make noise. Uh, I'm going to enter as quietly as possible. Are there places to sit? Are they kneeling or? Yeah. So the you can see that there is quite the amount of Triton followers. Uh, in the the, the main sort of uh, hub of this uh, interior. And they're all, like, kneeling on... uh, I don't want to say pillows, but, like, basically on comfort of some sort. Yeah. Uh, Kneeling, like... Good? Do you want to do, like, sea anemones? Um, 
you know what? I I know exactly what it is. Uh, you know those. Uh, it's not a coral that I, it's, it's it's an actual animal, but it's it's sort of like a mound. Oh, I do know what you're talking about, and I forget the name. Yeah, and there there are all kinds of like orifices along it. Yeah, yeah, they're like they're like oh. filter feeders. Um, the the tritons are sitting on those essentially. Okay. Um. So Slate's gonna go in, seeing all this, and try and like quietly and as politely as possible, just stand as far in the back as possible and witness the service from a distance, you know, as as much as possible. All right. Uh, the the Triton woman, you see, sort of, she performs like a a gesture uh, where she like draws a circle on her forehead, and then she seems to be drawing the symbol that's on the outside of the church. She draws a, a circle and then like an offbeat cross on her forehead, uh, mm-hmm. and then walks over and does the same to you, and like guides your hand and like got like pulls you down to 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 kneel, uh, off to the side. Okay. Slate's gonna do that. He respect. He's gonna respect their their service. But uh, it it it's really pleasant. You can't understand a single word that's being said in the the sermon, um, but it's very interactive. Like multiple times, everyone stands up and uh, and you know perform. I don't want to say they dance, but like to your perception, they like make some unified physical movements uh, that don't seem to. You're like, okay, like maybe this is about unification, or maybe this is about uh, mourning. I, I, it's hard to tell. It's completely foreign to you, but you you get that this is all part of the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at no point do does everyone like stop and turn and look at you, or there's no awkward moment like that uh, until the end, where uh, the the three uh, holy people, one woman and two men who are performing the sermon, they sort of each to take this, each of the three of them seem to hold different roles during the sermon. You know, one of them like, uh, seems to always deliver, uh, in like a choir behind them. One always seems to speak in a very like deep voice. Like maybe that's just how they sound, but it seems almost acted deeply. Uh, and, and then the, the third one sort of plays a more baseline where it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, like regular speech, but, uh, they seem to clearly have three separate roles in the, in the, the service, but as it all sort of ends, uh, the three of them all turn to you, uh, and sort of like point at you with their hand open like that. And then they all sort of bow and like, you know, just sort of like dip their upper body a little bit to which the entire, uh, group of people that are, are, um, damn, what's the word for a a congregation? They all sort of stand up and like look to you and they all seem very like honored that you would come in. Uh, like some of the younger ones are like, what the fuck is that doing here? (laughs) But, But none of them are judging you for it. Like they all seem very honored that you would take the time to come in and see their ways. Uh, hey, our warlock just joined us. Hey. Right? Is oh, that what happened? Boy. Oh, no, that's uh, just the bard no. joining again. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that happens. And uh, after the sermon sort of, uh, after that moment, most of them sort of disperse. The, the, the congregation sort of leave and 
walk past you and sort of each of them sort of like nod and some of them try and wave at you a little bit and one of them tries to say something in dwarvish that's just like it sounds like a like they're trying to greet you but it's almost like a joyful like uh like if you went to another part of the world in the real world and they were just like they saw you and they were trying to be like uh like I'm trying to think of like a catchphrase that another culture would know as a greeting, but basically it's it's they're they're like, "Hey, dwarf guy," and then they just keep walking. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna for all the other people, I'm gonna be very awkward, but try and be polite and nod. And then that guy, I'm just going to politely, not mockingly, mimic what he said back to encourage him that that's okay to say. Yeah, and and he's overjoyed. <laughs> he like joins his other friends, uh, other Triton friends, and they're all they're all like laughing uh, at him. And then uh, as the sort of the majority of them leave, the the three people who were preaching. Uh, approach you and they nod and one of them speaks in common to you oh thank god <laughs> uh it's the woman and she goes i must ask what brings you oh well i apologize for interrupting your service i didn't mean to cause a disturbance and uh in all honesty i came with selfish intentions it's not every day that you end up in an aquarian city and i am not familiar with your ways of medicine. I was wondering if I could speak to a healer and offer an exchange of knowledge between surface medicine that he might not know and Aquarian medicine that I clearly have no idea how it works. Uh, she nods and uh, says, oh, perhaps, perhaps, but I believe you are expected somewhere. Uh, I, I, I am, but we were told that, you know, I had till the morning before I had to return to the surface, so I wasn't sure how long our business was going to take, and I wanted to take advantage of the opportunity. She, how, uh, out of character, how much time do I have before I need to be back at the palace? Uh, it was unspecific. Uh, the envoy said that he would let the good lady know uh, that you all were here to meet with her, and hopefully she would be there soon, but... Hard to tell what soon means. Right, right. Uh, so I relay that to uh, the Aquarian priestess that speaks uh, common, that I'm not sure when my business will uh, actually take place, and I won't lie, I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to learn something. Uh, and she sort of dips her upper body and head a little and says, We are very honored that you would take the time to know our ways. We are always fascinated to learn the ways of the rest of the world as well. It is very nice to see when it comes the other way around. But uh, you speak of exchanging knowledge of healing. We do healing here. And and she sort of like poses her hand to the choir leader, as it were. He says, mm-hmm. this is Delma, and he is our main healer. Uh, our, our primary physician, or whatever she would say. Uh, if you come by when you're done, but before you leave the town, there might be some knowledge that would be able to be transferred, I think. Uh, so Slate's going to slightly bow and respond, Thank you kindly. I'll be back when my business is concluded, and I appreciate the consideration 
for a complete stranger. I know it's another quest. She sort of smiles warmly and nods. Tis fine. I think I will join you on your way back to where you're expected. Oh, please do. And uh, with that, I'll kind of, like, move out of her way and make a gesture suggesting, you know, after you. She nods, uh, and you sort of see the, the healer she referred to. He sort of makes eye contact with you and smiles and uh, says something that you don't understand, uh, but you kind of take it as an invitation. Uh, okay. And so... Uh, I, I, I Invitation, yeah. Okay. All right, uh, so you and the, the servant Triton and then this priestess uh, begin to head back to the longhouse. So, uh, Slate left, and you all have been had a couple of rounds uh, of this heavy Triton rice wine, or uh, rice wine in flavor. Uh, what do you guys do in your waiting period? Uh... Oh, yeah, Karen's going to look around and say, you know, it's more comfortable than I expected for some reason. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of nice down here. I mean, can we, like, float, kind of, instead of sit? Yeah. Like, kind of like, yeah, that's awesome, yeah. Boomer would probably, like, swim around, you know, just be chill about it. Uh, So each of you sort of notice uh, a current begin to... Uh, coast along your skin, uh, like sort of like digs under your layers and sort of like rubs your skin. It's almost like a water pressure massage. It feels really nice. Ooh. I'm about it. Uh, Garen kind of grunts a little bit as he uh, sort of relaxes in there. And uh, it's a moment later you all notice that a couple of the servants are seeming to be casting some kind of magic. Uh, where they're, like, guiding the water to massage you all. Oh, so nice of them. I like it. Yep. Uh, this, 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 the drinking, the food, uh, all-around abatement goes on for, let's call it an hour or so. But it's, in, it's basically, you guys are very well tended to. Yeah. Just don't fall asleep, boys. This is exactly what life should be like all the time. <laughs> We've been living rough for too long, and it's so nice to finally have time and civilization. You know, El, if you ever need a head of security at whatever castle you end up in, you let me know. Yeah, El, if you ever need a head of things that needs to be blown up, guy, I'll take that job. Because I can get used to this very I mean. I mean, I like to get paid to blow shit up, so there's that. <laughs> all right, uh, so, Slate, you all, on, uh, you on the walk back, do you have anything that you want to say to the priestess as you sort of make your way back to the longhouse? So I actually thought about that, and uh, Slate wouldn't really know what to say. Uh, he didn't, I'll be honest with you, he didn't expect to end up in a temple and to talk to what he assumes are like the three, you know, head priests of the city. So he might like mumble and try and think of a question, but mostly it's awkward silence. He's he's not sure what to say. So the priestess sort of uh, rests a hand on your shoulder as you're sort of making your way through the town, and says, "So, what is it that they call you?" Oh, uh, they call me Slate. 
It's nice to meet you. And from where do you hail? I know the world is wide up there. Uh, so, specifically, I hail simply uh, from a place known as the Great Desert. And uh, her I mean, eyes, her eyes, sort of perk up when you say that, and she sort of interrupts you, almost uh, kind of like, you know, uh, so like if you su- heard someone talk about something that you suddenly knew a lot about, like Dragon Ball Z, sure. <laughs> Uh, she sort of perks up and goes, oh, oh, I have heard of this place. There is absolutely no water there. Is that right? Oh, that, that's right. And my family uh, was part of a tribe or a group of doors known as the Rust Doors. And what we used to do is roll around in uh, carts that were pulled by horses and sell our skill as smiths uh, wherever we went to in the desert with no water. Fascinating. I have heard of and read of your people. You're a hardy sort, I know. That's what they tell me. And she sort of puts her hand across her chest for a moment and sort of goes, You must excuse me. I get so excited when outsiders come into our village and, uh, sorry, into our city. But uh, I've completely forgotten myself. You may know, I, I, uh, how would you say, I am known by my people here as Lipta Wiss. Little Wiss? Lipta Wiss. Lipta Wiss. Well, it's nice to meet you, Lipta Wiss. She Uh, sees that you're not getting her name but doesn't really give you a hard time for it. She goes, yes, I'm amongst the, the recently royaled family of this great place. Oh, so what's that like? Well, I get to not have to preach the good word of the water in a small, underappreciated residence anymore, but I get to speak upon the grand stage of the way of the water of this town. It's very nice. Uh, So the way of the water, is that the uh, religion with some particular deity that you pray to? Or is that uh, more like a philosophy or a general mantra that the Aquarians live their life by? A little bit of both. We call it the way of the water. It, it's just what it translates to in your language. Uh, it's proper name, and she sort of just says something in Aquian. Uh, uh, and it sounds a lot prettier. <laughs> yeah. It's like um, kind of shakes his, shakes his head to like uh, bust out of confusion. He kind of like Whoa. Right. Uh, she says, but essentially you all would know it as the way of water, or the water. But essentially, we preach and teach the younger people that, the, and sort of like seems to like start to gesture through the water as she uh, and gesticulate as she speaks. Um, we teach them to respect the water. For that we are all amongst it, we were all born of it, and it is a great goddess that brings it to us. Uh, and the great goddess that could taint it and kill whatever lies within it. What's the name of this goddess? Uh, she repeats part of the translation in Aquian. So you pick up that it's probably more like the way of the goddess's name. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't. Um, 
have you guys always had this religion, or is this uh, like a new school of religion? Nearly every tr- Triton Empire preaches some manner of it. Uh, I'm sure they call it something different in every ocean and every water, but the concept is almost perfectly unified, where it's a, a matter of respect what we have, for we could very easily not have it. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, uh, her name was Litavit. Uh, Litav- I, I can't say it. Lip? <laughs> I can't. Lip, ta, lip. yeah, lip ta wis. Lip ta wis. All right, I was saying lip ta wis. All right, yep. lip. So he's gonna say, well, lip ta wis. Since we're uh, sharing cultures, and I'm not gonna lie, the fact that an Aquarian speaks common just gives me a perfect opportunity to share a piece of culture with you, if that's all right. She nods and sort of interjects briskly on the matter of speaking common. She says, "It's actually quite common for a lot of the." noble families to speak the race of you all. We tend to bump shoulders with you somewhat regularly. Oh, well, you learn something new every day. Exploring really does break down prejudice. She nods. Uh, and so, uh, Slate's just going to look at her very intently and say, so, you've heard of the Great Desert, uh, but have you heard of the mountain guarded entirely by rogues? Sort of tilts her head and shakes it. Well, you see, he, like, leans in and gives her a wry smile. It's called Sneak Peek. And winks at her. She sort of goes, Oh, where is that? Uh... Sneak Peek. Oh. Uh, Well, I apologize. That was my attempt at a terrible joke. Play on words in common. Oh, sorry, I don't understand, but yeah, I appreciate yeah. you trying. Bad bad pitch, my bad. And now he's just going to walk awkwardly <laughs> in silence. Yeah, you just threw an idiom at a person who doesn't speak your native language. It's not going to fly. Um, well, yeah. Slate loves telling jokes. Yeah. Darren roll to detect a bad joke. <laughs> uh, no, hey, that he, joke is gold. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good, actually. Just, um... <laughs> Anyway, so it just perked. It happened. Uh, all right, so the disturbance. Yeah, it's a, never mind. Uh, so you all approach the longhouse finally, um, and the servant Triton woman sort of gleefully opens the door, and as she does, uh, the servants who are all serving you immediately like stand up to a start and whatever massage you were experiencing like just pushes you all back into your seats and they sort of turn and uh, all bow to the presence of the priestess. You all see Slate walking in with uh, this very elegantly dressed, very clearly a, a, a royal or holy woman. She's wearing like a long but uh, somewhat form-fitted robe um, that seems to be sort of adorned in like teals and aquamarine and whites. Hmm. Slate, so Slate's going to immediately bow or take a knee, whichever seems more appropriate. Alright. Uh, so she yeah. gestures bow to she gestures to your, your group and says, are these all of your friends? Uh... 
Uh, yeah, this is all of us. I mean, there's one other of us, but I think he might be asleep. He's kind of an edge lord or an edgy. He's an edgy boy, and he got he doesn't like the light too much because you know he's a brow. They don't like sunlight, so you know he's taking a nap. I think I don't care, but uh, yeah, we're all here. She she nods and smiles, and uh, the servants all sort of like find themselves with a, a back to a wall and ready to be at attention to serve, but are no longer like actively attending you all sort of give you your, your space. And so, uh, the priestess steps in and she sort of, you know, bows to the group other than Slate. Cause she's already gone through this formality with him. She says, you may know me as Lipta Wiss. I believe you are all expecting my sister. Yeah. Uh, yes, we were. Yeah, you tell them about it because you have, you know, you've spoken the most with them. I'm going to continue drinking. Garen yes. finger snaps at uh, Boomer when he says that. Uh, finger gun back. I believe we were expecting your sister. Uh, but, uh,. Possibly you he could help us as well. She sort of uh, swims over and sort of takes a seat and grabs a cup and holds it up, to which very very promptly a servant walks forward and pours some of the uh, alcohol into. And she sort of nods to you and goes, Well, I imagine my sister will be here soon, so in the interest of you not repeating yourself, I suggest that we simply wait. Unless oh, it's pressing in an emergency. No, not at all. We, we happily wait. Right. She in, imbibes uh, a bit of the alcohol, and it's refilled before she even considers going for a second sip. Uh, did they bring us food as well? Yeah. Okay. So you you've all been served alcohol, food, massage. I mean, you guys were tested. Good. Is it seafood? Uh, actually, it's. It's borderline. I mean, obviously, yeah. If you want to play the joke, it's seafood. Um, but no, I'm wondering if they're like murdering fish. Oh, <laughs> but if we get seconds, would it be sending in the caviarly? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm getting you off of tonight. Sorry, y'all. You see that dogger? Uh, <sighs> yeah, he's drinking. Yeah. So you say that. Skip yeah, it. it would be quietly and like with a shit-eating grin to Boomer. Can I roll a perception check on that? Uh, sure. I want to hear no, that. No, but, it, but it's not fish, is it? Like, I'm no, just wondering. not exclusively. Oh, cool. All right. Uh, that's a 16. Do I hear his terrible joke? Yeah. So Slate's just going to look over and mean mug the crap out of him and give him like the points to his eyes and then points to him. He finger guns. Like, <laughs> I will finger gun both of them. We got us some Mexican standoff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's called it's called a gnomish standoff. Yeah, first of all, I apologize. Two. It's an Australian Mexican standoff because we're down under. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the water. Do 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 do
mermaids puts on a mask, is she an Ariel in disguise? <laughs> Too much. Critical. I'm down. <laughs> they're not mermaids, they're tritons. God, kids still counts. Stop, we need to continue no. this. Sorry. No, you're not, and that's okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, the uh, the 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 priestess just sort of asks you all for your names. You exchange names, uh, and a moment later, uh, the double doors of our, our of the longhouse are opened, and a pair of uh, Triton warriors, one in front, one in back, escort the uh, Triton noblewoman that you recognize, uh, Linto Wiss. Hmm. And uh, the priestess sort of stands up and sort of like sets her cup down uh, and walks over and embraces her. And you hear them, you know, sort of sort of uh, do like the Italian cheek kiss. And they Mm -hmm. give each other a very deep hug. They seem to have a lot of love for one another, which is kind of beautiful in its own right. Uh, and the priest sort of like, you know, brushes herself off and stands next to her sister. And, uh, the Triton noblewoman turns to you all and goes, didn't take long for you all to find a favor, did it? Uh, well, actually this favor found us. We happen to be passing. Again, you find yourself at the beck and call of strangers, aiding them wherever you go. Must be exhausting. It is. Uh, she sort of like jumps up a little, and then before she can fall down, there's a seat under her, uh, put placed by a, a pair of servants, and mm. holds up a like she's just beck and called uh, to uh, receives a glass uh, or a, a cup and takes a sip and says, "Well then, boys, what is it that you come to my town, my city for?" Well. We are hoping that you can assist us in breaking a curse. She perks an eyebrow. Go on. It is a Triton curse, so... uh, Well, there may be a matter of feasibility, but also desirability. Uh, The ship upon which we sail has been... uh, Well... Justly punished by... I'm forgetting what Triton faction it was that cursed them. I don't know that I detailed it. Right. Uh, by a Triton clan, we don't have the specifics of which one. Uh, our transport was at one time a pirate ship. And she sort of holds up her finger and, and takes a big drink and says, Oh, wait, I know this one. It was a foolish man who dove into the depths and stole a precious pearl from one of the houses to sell for his own gain. When caught and confronted, he butchered the Tritons and in the last breath of the remaining priest cursed the vessel and all upon it to undeath, was it? Well, unless there were two of them, we ride upon the very same. Yes, it's not an old tale yet, is it? The the priestess sister sort of shakes her head a little and but, but nods because it was only a few dozen years ago it happened. 
Yes, indeed. We um, have been affected by their flight. You see, they are uh, not of a bad sort once you've gotten to know them, though I understand how from your perspective that might not be the case. Uh, and we were wondering if there were some manner of atonement, something that they could do to alleviate themselves of this uh, perpetual curse. Their fate seems rather grisly. She takes another drink and says, Well, the answer is very easy. I assume that they still have the pearl on the ship. I thought it got lost in the fight. Is that not correct? Uh, are you asking me as a DM or? Yeah, as a DM. Because nope. we saw the playback. Yeah, but you 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 saw the pearl in his captain's quarters once. That's right. That's what, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, that that is the case. Of course, it is. Pearl is the source of the curse's power. I see. So if they were to return the pearl to you, they would be uncursed? Wouldn't need to return it to me. It would simply need to meet salt water off the bow of the ship. <laughs> this is good news. Wondrous news. Well, if I remember correctly, he was loath to part with that pearl, but if he knows this, I'm sure he would reconsider. I'm sure that if he does know, he also knows why... I, I know why he hasn't pitched it overside. The, oh. mo the moment that the curse is broken, his entire undead crew will cease to be so and will die. Several dozens of years, you said. Yeah. That many years once would do a man ill. Uh, hmm. Slew every priest to the last man, I think, is how you described their actions. Yes. Well, we, we may not have known that. You guys definitely did. You guys saw it in the vision. It was a massacre on both sides. Yeah, but they were... My interpretation of the vision was that they were attacked on the ship. She said that they went into the depths, stole the pearl, and killed the people. No, no, no. So, the way she's... I, maybe just, I didn't say that well, but... Like, okay. the captain went into the water, stole the pearl, and when the Tritons... Uh, attacked the ship that's where the massacre happened okay gotcha 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 huh well uh, that's probably why he hasn't doesn't want to get rid of it because he'll die his crew will <laughs> die the ship will probably sink hmm huh I kind of don't feel so bad now yeah. Uh, that punishment that... does rather fit the crime. Yeah, does this count as our favor? 
She go. She sort of smiles and shakes her head a little and goes, No, my shorter friend. The favor will be... Well, I imagine you will need passage to where it is you're going because if the f- vessel you're riding on falls to the bottom of the ocean while you're still in the middle of it, you all will be quite put out. Wait, yeah. But he might not want to put the... the the pearl into the water so we kind of still have a ride unless you're planning on sinking it that'd be terrible that ship's on board that ship cannot be sank oh well then i don't know i don't know what to feel anymore i'm confused we could attack its hull but our blades and our spears would be turned by its magic Funny thing, curses. When they make something immortal, it's immortal. Yeah. Yep. So, I say this to you all. Should you find yourself able to convince the captain to discard the pearl overside, or by force, then we will have a contingent of tritons in the sh- in the shallow of the of the water they will receive you and cut a hole into the hull and retrieve whatever large vessel or a large amount of goods you have in the ship hmm. all right and, we'll, very and we will yeah. and we will take you through quite the adventure she sort of smiles the priestess sort of looks at her and goes just like gives her a look like no <laughs> what kind of adventure? We will take you to the deep, where deep, long, fast channels of rapid water run through all of the deepest parts of every ocean. If you could show us on your map where it is you aim to go, we could get you there in less than a week, probably. Oh, that's. Oh. Hmm. The deep, you said? She nods. Oh. He kind of... Garen kind of just says, oh. Uh... Well, if you boys are up for affecting a mutiny... <laughs> sort of. Uh, four-man mutiny against... Well, actually the entire ship, which I think defies... The definition of mutiny. Uh, I mean, we, we just killed like 30 pirates. And I just want to point out that if I recall correctly, they all get maimed and murdered, and then not too long later, they're just fine. This is true. So, uh, I don't know if I do that. I'm, uh, I'm not about wars of attrition where we're the only one being, you know, destroyed. It's not really a war of attrition. We're just dying. Um, when we were watching that horrific, entirely horrific scene, uh, where a crew is being butchered, uh, daily, uh, was the crew stuck in that vision as well, or were they just floating around looking really cross with it? They're stuck in it. Uh. But the living crew members, the captain, the bosun, the quartermaster, the first and second mate, 
they are not in it, but the main crew, the ghost crew, are. Hmm. Yeah, but they were kind of our buds. Uh, yeah, until we decide to betray their captain. And they make up the majority of the crew. Maybe we can talk to them and just kind of explain things? Uh, sure. Or maybe we just completely ignore this and let life be life. Let people's actions and reactions happen and just continue about our time. I know I'm the one who sent us on this whole thing, but now I'm kind of regretting it a little. Maybe we should ask him if he knows, first off. Yes, hi. Um, I'm on uh, Pimlico Road, uh, right outside of... Uh, well, I think we need to talk about this, truth be told. Uh, yeah, I think we need to reconvene. I, I think we should ask the captain if he knows, first off, because if he knows how to end the curse... Or maybe we tell him how to end the curse privately and see how he reacts to it. And That's then maybe and then maybe take our actions from there. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I have some personal business at the temple I'd like to attend to you before uh, we leave. Oh, cool. That's great. Psych, we're going now. We got stuff up top. We can't just... We got things to do. We got a dragon to meet, people shake hands with. It's it's not going to be a long time, Boomer. Give me an estimated time. Uh, is Liptowis around? Yeah, she's the priestess. Yeah, she's there. Uh, I'm going to try and just ask her. I'll be like, um, based on our previous conversation, how long would that exchange of knowledge, if the offer was still available, take? She says, I, I'm sure the uh, invitation is still there, but... Since you two don't speak a common tongue, it would probably be a little while. Maybe a quarter of a day? I was just going to look back at Boomer. Well, how about this? We leave without you, and you live here a nice life under the sea. Sounds good, boys. Just don't sleep. Don't sleep. Ugh. God. Ugh. I don't want to leave you here. I guess we could drink for half a day. Remember how you just told me not to fall asleep, and uh, now you're going to drink for half the day? Listen, what do you going to happen? Listen, this stuff's light comparatively. I make stuff literally that will boil your blood inside your veins. You got me there. He does mean literally. I can smell the gear crank. Yes, yes you can. Uh, I don't know. I think we should leave it to a group. Group vote. Group vote. I don't even think it has to go that way. We need to, uh, we should talk to the captain. I think what, what Boomer's saying is whether or not you guys indulge Slate's side quest. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. The only thing I gotta do is drink. <laughs> Alright, well cool then. Uh, L, what say you? Uh, well, that's fine. That's fine. I say it's fine. All right, cool. Um, L, could you play a little something? You know, get the music going down here, grab a conch shell or something, blow into it, play a couple notes on it so I can get my boogie on under the sea. I 
have no idea how to play underwater. I have no idea what it would sound like. I suppose I could try. What the bag of holding get to? Uh, it's always on me at all times. Yeah, he'll grab it and pulls out his loot. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't just go grabbing at me. I'm not some pack mule. Damn it. Anyway, I'm a grown man. Anyway, Lintuis, uh, the noble woman, stands up, finishes her drink, uh, and says, "Very well. I will send a battalion of." Triton to accompany you back to the surface. They will stay in the shallow while you make your decision. Pitch a message pouch overboard should you give have instructions for them. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have an empire to run. It's not seeing you, bye. She's sort of like half waves. Wow, she's sort of last. She became an empress, like... Yeah, it's not yeah. like we helped her do that or anything, you know, damn. And you directly did, but, you know, doesn't mean... She, I mean do you remember her? Like, <laughs> I feel like I should be a duke or something, for God's sakes. Like, an underseat. I should get my own, you know, house under here or something. I mean, I'll never visit, but I mean, it's you, nice to have a summer home. I mean, you guys do... I mean, you are getting, like, lavishly pampered. That is true. She's got a water massage. That was pretty cool. It's not like she puts you guys up in like the shady part of the Holiday Inn on the highway. Like, <laughs> are there shady parts of the of the Holiday Inn on the highway in Triton towns? I mean, I'm sure that there's some places that you probably wouldn't want to stay the night in, in this town. Is there a Triton, Detroit? <laughs> no. Uh, damn. <laughs> I'd go there. <laughs> Robocop, that shit. Anyway, so with that, the priestess sort of looks to Slate and goes, shall we then? Slate nods and says, yeah, I'm on my way. All right, so you guys hang back and get drunk. Uh, and then uh, the priestess takes Slate back to the church. And uh, she acts as an intermediary between you and the choir leader. Well, hot dang. Uh, I, I do my best to exchange what knowledge he asks for in exchange for whatever he gives me. Well, uh, go ahead and give me um, a medicine check. Oh, buddy, I will gladly give you a medicine check. That is a 24. Okay, so you're able to answer all of his questions and maybe even teach him a thing or two. And so he, in turn, asks what you need to know. Uh, I'm... Uh, just looking for knowledge that they would assume is specific to their type of medicine, any kind of aquatic beans that have medicinal properties that are uncommon or not known by, you know, surface dwellers. Okay, well, he teaches you a few things. Um, go ahead and give yourself a uh, situational proficiency bonus, like a double proficiency bonus to medicine checks if you're performing your medicine check along the coastline. Ooh, Dankeschön. And rather, you know, and you're searching for, like, reagents along the shoreline. Okay. Okay. 
So he teaches you some 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 things that you probably would have never have thought for value, but uh, really do. And this takes a sizable portion of the day. It is beginning to get quite dark, and most of the uh, the the city begins to glow with bioluminescence. Ooh. All right. Uh, so do you make your way back to the longhouse? I do. I'm right. sorry, I'm typing out the... You're good, you're good. So, the party meets back up, and there is the contention of, like, 15 Triton warriors, uh, the leader of which walks up and nods, introduces himself in broken common as the leader of this group of Triton warriors, and they are there to assist you, uh, and, uh help retrieve whatever falls into the water that belongs to you. Should you be able to get the, the pearl pitched overside. Hmm. All right. And, uh, with them sort of bringing you back up to the surface, which by the way is super fucking spooky because it's dark. Uh, Geheran make a, uh, charisma saving throw. Or a wisdom saving throw? How's <laughs> a, uh, a 10? Uh, go ahead and take that as a charisma save instead, but keep your roll. Uh, that would make it like a uh, 12. Okay, you're frightened. Yeah, Garen is not comfortable. Uh, he's actually damn near shaking as he kind of deals with dark water all around him. Uh, I mean, the the Triton Warriors have, like, bioluminescence on their chest plates, so, like, there's a a fair amount of light around, but, like, you can't see more than 20 feet away. Yeah, it's actually making it worse. Right. And, uh, yeah, he is clearly not in his element. Yep. Or useful. But uh, as you all breach the water and and get back on the deck uh, of the ship and, like, clear your nose and ears of water... And sort of shake yourself somewhat dry. That's where we'll end it tonight. Alright. Cool. Alright. Well, I hope you all enjoyed tonight's session of Dungeons and Dragons. As always, I've been and continue to be your host and dungeon master. We have the boy with thassalophobia. Uh night everybody. It's Jeff playing here. We have our Glad he got to bring his gun into the bottom of the ocean, slash, did he need to put it in his bag at all? Uh, hey y'all, it's Boomer, and maybe, maybe not, who knows? Have a good night. The bard who is still looking at his string instrument like, could I have played this underwater? Uh, it's me, Austin, playing as L. Have a good night. And the cleric who's awfully content with himself. Uh, hey, it's Scott, playing Slate. Y'all take care now, and good night. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.